This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. It's something that I never would have dreamed would happen to me and never would have wanted to happen to me or anybody else. But I can look back now and say that I'm thankful that it happened. Doctor, author, entrepreneur, and coach, Phil Carson joins us on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We're bringing you another episode to put your faith to work because there's so much more left inside of you and we just can't wait to hear, right Armin? That's right. We can't wait to hear what God has in store for you. Like, like shout out give us a you know leave us a comment post on our wall whatever just say i'm here and god is doing some great terrific things well a terrific guest we have on the program with us today is dr phil carson he is the co-founder of life transformation medical center that is a faith-focused integrative medicine practice providing holistic approach to health and healing he is also president of carson natural health providing coaching and consulting as well as a variety of natural health supplements now, all of that is well and good, but you're going to love the story that Dr. Phil has to say about how he got there. And so we want to welcome to the program, Dr. Phil Carson. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It's an honor to be with y'all today. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Well, we're glad you're here and you have been part of a couple of different things, but I, I don't want to tell your story because I think that's the reason you're on this program is for you to tell your story about some of the transformation that's taken place in your life. But before we get into that, just why don't you tell our listeners about what you do? Okay. Well, I'm what I call a holistic health architect. I'm traditionally trained as a pharmacist, but several years ago, I began to shift more toward natural products and natural medicine, natural therapies, and it's something that's evolved in my practice over the years and currently work in a clinical setting. A doctor friend of mine and mine opened up a clinic last year that we call the Life Transformation Medical Center, and we also have Life Transformation Wellness as part of the medical center where we do wellness programs with patients. And we work together uh, in what's called functional medicine, helping people get to the root cause of what their health issues are instead of giving them a Band-Aid to put on their problem. We want to help them find out why they're sick in the first place. Oh, that's so vital. My wife is also in alternative health care, and I know that so often we treat symptoms and then you just compile the problems by symptom after symptom management. So really applaud what you're doing. How did you get there? How did you get to where you are today in terms of this practice? You mentioned that you were a pharmacist, and I'm kind of curious, how did you choose that to begin with, and then what led you from there to where you are today? I chose pharmacy on recommendation from my guidance counselor in high school. I was very proficient in math, science, chemistry. He said he thought it would be something I should look into, so I did. And I found out what the pay was coming out of school. And I said, this sounds good. I think I'll try it. (laughs) So uh, that's what I did. Good thing you didn't run into an actuarist because their pay was pretty good too, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's right. That's how I got started. But uh, after I got out of pharmacy school, I went straight to work for a chain company, a big chain store. And one year after being in that business or being in that position or whatever, they made me manager of the store. 
I was assistant manager. They promoted me to manager because the manager left and took another job. And the stress at that time began in a way I've never experienced stress before. I thought pharmacy school was stressful, but I've learned being a manager of a store what stress was all about. It was actually killing me. I was having major, major health issues and health problems. Began to develop an ulcer. I was having digestive issues that were just making me extremely ill and sick. And the stress of everything, it was it was literally robbing my life. And I was only in my mid-20s. And so I was taking medications, but they weren't helping. They're just giving me some temporary relief, as I was talking about a moment ago, just a Band-Aid. And so I started looking for something that would help, really help, and correct my problem. Picked up a natural medicine book in a bookstore one day, started flipping through it. And it looked interesting, and I found a chapter in there about digestive health. So I bought this book, took it home, started applying what I learned in that book, and it changed my life. How so? How did it change your life? Well, it, it changed my life because it changed my health. I began to get relief. I began to find out, hey, this is why I'm suffering. So, And I started taking these natural products and natural therapies that corrected my underlying problem. I found out exactly what the underlying problem was. And I, I tell people this all the time because there are so many people that are in the same shoes I was in back then. And I talk to these people all the time and help them. I had a condition known as hypochlorhydria. Of course, the stress wasn't helping it at all. But hypochlorhydria is low stomach acid. And I was doing the opposite of what I should have been doing. I was taking antacids and acid blockers when I should have been taking an acid supplement. So that was one of the things that I started doing, along with a couple of other supplements. All my digestive issues began to improve and get better, and, and eventually I didn't have them anymore. And that's what changed my life. And because of what I learned about that for myself, and I started telling other people, and other people started asking me other questions about natural things, and it just kind of spiraled from that. And I started taking courses to learn more and more about natural products and natural therapies. Because in pharmacy school, I was taught the history of natural medicine, not the application of it. So I didn't know what to tell people. So I had to learn. So that's what I did. So you were a pharmacist as a young man and started to develop these conditions as a result of managing the store, the stress that you were experiencing from that, and discovered for your own healing that you uh, discovered some of the natural remedies that you could apply or, or started to learn about all those. Did you continue on then as a pharmacist while you were going through this time or when did you break mm -hmm. from that and how did that yeah. happen? I, I actually, <clears throat> I did, but I'll tell you when I was in the midst of all that stress and dealing with all that day in and day out, I began to think, you know, I've made the wrong choice here. I've got to get out of pharmacy. And I was actually working toward getting out. I was about to try to exit the profession of pharmacy. And an older gentleman that had a, a couple of independent stores came to me and he said, I need somebody to, to run one of my stores for me. The guy I've got working in it right now is leaving. Will you come to work for me? And it's a small store, small community. Uh, I knew it would be a lot less stress. So I said, absolutely. I left the chain, went to work for him. And that kept me in pharmacy. And over the years, Working with him, as I continued to learn more and more about natural things, that interest kept growing and kept developing. And eventually, he sold the store to somebody else, 
and I ended up a couple of years later leaving and going and opening up my own store. And that store was designed to be a, what's called an integrative practice, integrative store where I had all the traditional things, but also had all the natural things that people were asking for and looking for as well. Okay. So you kept in pharmacy, but now you're adding these natural things and you, you decided then to start your own company if it, as you were, as your own store. Yep. Okay. How did your faith factor into your decision-making during this time? Oh, wow. Big time. Because it was a, a giant leap of faith for me to do what I did because I opened up a store in a little town that did not have a pharmacy. There had been one there previously, but it had been closed probably for 10 years. There was a small medical clinic there, and they wanted a pharmacy in the town, but nobody wanted to open up one there. And so it was a lot of prayer, a lot of movement from God to make that happen. Things that you know had to fall in place for it all to happen, and they did. The doors opened. You know, we were able to get the finance and get the money we needed to get, to, uh, get things going. So, yeah, there was a lot of prayer put into that and a lot of faith that we had to have to make that happen. Well, step me back for a second, because you had a manager or a mentor, I think you said, who offered you a less stressful position. And at some point in time, you decided that you still wanted to go out on your own or that that was the right thing to do. Yep. Walk me through that. How did you process that that's what you were intended to do? Well, the guy that I was working for, like I said, he sold his stores to another guy. This guy... He and I got along well in the beginning, but he began to do some things that were not right. He was doing some unethical things, found out he was addicted to prescription drugs, and he was taking quite a few medications. He was doing some things that were wrong, and I tried to help him. I I tried to help him. I even had him go through a detox program and, and worked double hour. I mean, worked extra hours and all while he was doing that, trying to help this guy and get him and get him clean. He did, but it didn't last. And he came back, went right back to practicing, doing the same thing he was doing. And I told him one day, I said, look, you've got to quit this or I'm going to have to leave. And he said, well, I'm, I'm not going to quit. And I said, okay, it's your choice. I'm leaving. So that was when I found out that this little town all the way across the other side of the county that we lived in was looking for a pharmacy and wanting a pharmacist. And so I said, well, maybe there's an opportunity for me here. And we began to pursue it. And like I said, the doors began to open and it happened. That's how I went from one place to the other and transitioned into that where I became a business owner. What was that transition like for you? Was that a challenging transition or was it just smooth sailing? Oh, no, no. no I, <laughs> I wish I could say it was smooth sailing. Yeah, it, it was definitely a challenge because I didn't have a lot of money in the bank. Unfortunately, I had to borrow what I needed to get started. And it was a big, big struggle in the beginning with trying to build because we built it from scratch. We started with zero customers. It was tough. Yeah, we had some lean years there in the beginning, but we stuck with it. We kept believing. We kept you know, working hard and things began to turn around and the store became very prosperous. You, you say uh, we here. I may have missed it. Who, who's the we that is starting this with you? My wife. Oh, OK. Gotcha. So yeah. you and your wife are working on this together. Did you ever have a crisis of faith that maybe at some point you said, I think we may be making the wrong choice here. We may have made a mistake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 When there was no money to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. We had to think, oh, wow, what, what, how, how are we going to do this? Yeah. You know, we, we made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, we stuck with it. We kept it going. 
and I finally began to turn around and became very, very profitable. And in 2000, that was in 1999 when I opened that store. 2006, seven years later, I opened store number two, which was a natural store. I set it up in another town down the road to be a natural pharmacy with a health food store in the front, natural compounding pharmacy in the back. That was my dream. And I had it set up where I had offices in there where I could, I had a nurse working for me and I had the consulting offices and we were doing diabetes care and just doing a lot of innovative new things that nobody else in our area was doing. It was a struggle as well, getting that one going. But after a year or so, it began to take off. But then that's when we didn't sell high for long. Uh, Let me put it that way. Both businesses were doing extremely well, but that was very short lived because 2008 came along, 2009, downturn in our economy, and y'all know what happened then. Mm -hmm. How did that affect Uh, you? Oh, wow. It was tough. Uh, The business I had built, I had spent 10 years building in 2009, December 31st, the last day of 2009, uh, I tell people I locked the door on my dream. Mm-hmm. And I walked out the back door of that second store because I had already closed the first one. Mm-hmm. And I walked out the back door of that second store and locked the door. That was it. I lost it all. So let's uh, process this for a second, if I may, with you. Is this something that you felt called to? Like, this, Is this something that you could spiritually say that I process with God and this is what you knew that what God had for you and this is what you're called to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I got many confirmations to that, that what I was doing was changing people's lives, helping people. There were so many people that I helped over those years with their health and and with their lives and not just physically, but spiritually as well. I didn't just have a job. I didn't just have a a profession. It was, it was a ministry to me as well, because Mm. we got to touch a lot of lives in a lot of different ways with those businesses. That's great. So what, what went through your head when you had to shut down the business that was actually being successful for so long that you felt called to, that you felt God brought you to that point, and now you're closing the door on it. Now what? Yeah, it was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking. It was, it was devastating. because I, I never believed that something like that would happen to me. I've seen it happen to other people in business, mm-hmm. and I just... I just never believed we we fought it. My wife and I, we fought it. We fought it. We fought it for two years trying to keep that business alive. Mm-hmm. And we tried to sell. But because of the economy, because, you know, there was an election going on, you know, at that time, yeah. nobody was buying. And everybody, we had several people come and look at it. There had several people with interest in it, but nobody would ever pull the trigger. And they, they would back out every time. So what does that do to you spiritually? Like, what did that do to your faith? It rocked. It really did because I thought, wow, I'm not believing this. This is happening, and we, I mean, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we sought God for every every step of the way. But every time we thought, okay, we're going to be able to make this, we'll be able to keep these businesses going. Something else would happen, and it was just like one thing after another began to just progressively shut down. So did you <laughs> at some point? think in your head, maybe I misheard God, or maybe I'm wrong, or maybe God doesn't want this for me or anything like that? Oh, yeah. 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 We both did. And we said, you know, 
but you know, we look back on it now and, and we, we feel like, Hey, this, this had to happen. It had to happen. Hmm. Why did uh, it have for, to happen for me, for me to get to where I am today, for me to learn the things I had to learn. Well, what was the big where, takeaway where for you today? What was the big takeaway for you? What did you, what did you learn from that experience? I learned to trust God more than I've ever trusted him in my life. The biggest takeaway was that I'm not Superman, that I can't do this by myself. I've always been a type A independent individual that thought, hey, I I can do this. I I can do it. I don't need help. I can do this. And I would often do so many things myself when I needed to allow somebody else to help me do it or hire people to do things for me. And I wouldn't do it. I would just do it myself. And a lot of times I had the attitude that if it's going to be done right, then I, I need to be the one to do it. But I, I learned to stop depending so much on myself that I was the ultimate provider, that God is the ultimate provider, and that I needed to trust him more. But what does that look like? So help us practically understand that. I, I know that's a big thing, especially, you know, every time I go to church, I hear that, but there's no real practical way of putting your faith to work in that sense of I'm going to trust God. So for you, a lot of people I think could relate to, especially seeing the struggles that you've gone through, what practical ways were you able to lean on God to help you through the process of once again, going after your dream, even though it's fallen apart before? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time in prayer. My wife and I praying together and myself praying alone Many nights, I, fortunately, I, I'll say this, fortunately, I was blessed to get a job because, you know, the demand for pharmacists is still pretty good. And it was even greater back then. So I, I was able to get a job where I have some regular income coming in. Of course, it wasn't enough with all the debt that we had on us. Mm. And we were trying to dig our way out. And I thought, man, this is going to take forever to get out of this mess, to get out of this hole. Right. But I was fortunate that, and I would come home a lot of times at night, and it would be late at night sometimes because I worked long hours and, and had to do a, a good bit of traveling with this job. But I would come home and get my three younger kids. I've got five children, and the two oldest were in college at that time, and I had three girls at home. And you know they would get to bed, and I would go outside and take long walks up and down our country road just crying out to God mm-hmm. and seeking help. What did that moment of you having those prayer walks in the country, what did that do for you? How did God speak to you? Oh, well, in a lot of different ways. It gave me, you know, gave me comfort and helped relieve some of the stress in my life at that time. Those long prayer walks were were great stress relievers for me. Just to talk to him and for him to speak back into my spirit, the things I learned more, like I said, more and more to trust. And some of the things that I'm doing now, the book that I wrote, a lot of the ideas and things that came to me came on those prayerful walks and those meditative walks I would have late at night. Mm. One of the things, and it's part of the title of my book, that began to come out of my mouth one night as I was walking and, and talking and praying was an affirmation, a confession, whatever you want to call it, that I am happy, I am healthy, I am whole. I just kept saying it over and over every night that I take those walks. And even though I wasn't those three things mm. at that time, that kept bubbling in me and kept coming out of me. 
is something that came a few years later hmm. uh, to see come to fruition in my life when everything that I had lost and more was restored. Wow. Sounds like you prophesied it into existence. Yeah. A little bit of a, it is well with my soul talk. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious, you described your years in your twenties as being really, really stressful and creating some near death kind of health conditions for you. I've got to imagine the stress that you were under in closing this business was equally challenging. If, if perhaps not more, how did you respond to that situation? Yeah. Put some context around that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was in a lot better shape mentally, spiritually, physically during this trial in my life than I was in the previous one in my younger years. Which you would probably argue was, was less of a trial looking back than the one that you went through, right? I mean, it sounds like this had kind of more gravitas to it than the one when you were younger. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Much more, much more. You strike me as a guy who has a lot of tenacity, you know, you just kind of keep, keep at stuff and, you know, never give up. I think you, you said in one of your, your, your things, you just kept going, kept going, kept, kept trusting. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've wrestled with is, you know, how do you know when you should stop pursuing your idea because, you know, it's, it's, it's run its course and it's time to move on to something else. How did you discern that for yourself? How do you know whether it's being obstinate or being perseverant? Yeah, well, in this situation where we lost our businesses, my wife was saying in the end, she said, we're just riding a dead horse here. It's time to get off. And she was right, but I didn't want to get off. I wanted to make it. I wanted to make it work. I wanted to, to survive. But we eventually saw the writing on the wall when nothing was working and everything kept failing and everything we would try to do to keep things going. It just didn't work. We finally realized that finally I finally had to say, you're right. It's time to quit. It's time to give it up. But I didn't want to. Yes. And I know that's, that's something a lot of people struggle with. But There's such a value in our culture, right, about being perseverant. Yeah. And, you know, your wife said you were riding a dead horse. I love that visual, by the way. I just, one of the things I wanted to just explore with you is how do we, when we're pursuing our bold idea, know how to take the pulse of the horse that we're riding, you know, <laughs> to know whether it's dead or alive, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you've got a successful business right now, right? You'd, you'd say that that yeah. was successful, probably with the same exuberance that you would have said your two pharmacies were successful, right? So how do you yeah. know, like even in your own business today and the pursuit that you have today, how do you know you've got a strong heartbeat? Well, you know, in this situation where with these pharmacies, we just kept seeing it at every turn. And I know it was God saying, okay, it's time to quit. But I didn't want to listen. I didn't want to hear that because I, want, I was so headstrong that I said, I, I, I believe I can make this, make this work. I believe if we're listening, you know, he, he reveals things to us. He opens our eyes to see things. If we're looking, if we're listening and not being stubborn and hard-headed like I was. And I think that's how we can know is if we stay attentive to God and, stay, and be open to hearing his voice and listening to what he's telling us. And I've learned to do that more. And that's, that's another thing that came out of all of this failure as I've learned to be a better listener hmm. and to know if there's a pulse there or not, we got to be able to listen. You can't hear the pulse if you're not listening for it. Yeah. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. I mean, by now, our listeners know this episode is brought to them by our friends over at Great Waters Financial. 
That's right. Just so you guys know, when we say our friends, they really are our friends. One of the partners was even a groomsman in my wedding. So when we say we know them, we really do. These are men and women of character, men and women of integrity, men and women of faith. And I'm honored and proud, as is Larry, to have them as our sponsors. That's right. They have over $200 million in assets under management, and they serve clients all over. But one of the questions that keeps coming up is, how do I know if I have the right financial advisor? How do I choose a financial advisor? So they have prepared a very simple and free download for you to get and answer those questions, how to choose a financial advisor. It's just a terrific resource that they want to make available to you. Even if this helps you pick someone other than them, they're happy with that because they just want to add value to you. So just go to greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. Again, greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea to get your free downloadable resource. Investment advisory services offered through Advisor Net Wealth Management. Great Waters Financial and Advisor Net Wealth Management are not affiliated. Insurance products provided by Great Waters Financial, a Minnesota insurance agency. So you and your wife were in this together, and I'm guessing that you're together involved in the new business that you have? Yes. And so during this time where you were processing all this stuff, did you have some outside counsel that was helping you listen to what was going on in your life? Oh, yeah, I did. I didn't at first because I I was just so devastated and so hurt with everything. I just kind of stayed to myself for, for a little while. And of course, I had a pastor that we leaned on and his wife, and they were a big help to us. And they were really the only ones that knew what was going on in our lives at that time. They were mentors and, and prayer warriors for us at that time. There wasn't a lot of other people that knew what was happening. Because as hard as it was for me to do this, because I was so ashamed, I didn't give up my service that I was doing in my church, in my community. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't want to keep serving, especially in the community because of the people that knew me, that knew I had the businesses that, that knew I was not there anymore. But I was coaching youth soccer. My kid, all my kids played soccer, coached several teams, served on some boards outside of you know, our church where we did a lot of community work. My wife and I both did. And, you know, we, we had to make a decision. We're going to keep doing this or not. And so we kept doing it. It sounds like you're trying to hold it together on the outside while the inside was crumbling quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And your pastor was the your pastor and his wife were were giving you some counsel and some encouragement along the way to kind of make it through this storm. Yeah. When you reflect back on what they did or said, what stands out to you as being most monumental that was the thing that really helped you guys? One of the things that they had always taught in our church and, and teach and say, I've heard them say it you know, a lot of times, praise him in the good times and praise him in the bad times. Never stop praising. Never stop being thankful. So that's something that we did. You know, I look back now on everything and I'm thankful that it happened mm. because of where God brought me from the place I was then where I am now, not just physically, not just financially, but spiritually as well. 
it's something that I never, like I said, I never would have dreamed would happen to me. I never would have wanted it to happen to me or anybody else. But I can look back now and say that I'm thankful that it happened. I'm thankful that I went through that and I learned the things that I learned. And I'm so thankful for the opportunities that have come out of that failure. Mm. Uh, I heard somebody say the other day, opportunities in life can be a byproduct of the adversity we go through. Mm. And the opportunities that have been presented to me since that day that I locked that door have been unbelievable. I just mind blowing. I wouldn't have had those opportunities had I tried to stay there and kept things going. Those opportunities have gotten me way further along, I believe, to this point where I am now than what I could have been otherwise. Right on. You know, Dr. Phil, what I really appreciate about our dialogue so far is I can I can still tell just from the sound in your voice that even thinking back to that day when you closed that door, that you can still hear the pain in your voice. You can still hear the tension that you had to deal with and just how raw and honest you're being. And I genuinely love that. And what I appreciate more is the fact that I know there's people who have pursued their bold idea or their call in their life and are having a 2009 crisis, but right here now in 2017 to those people that are listening that can fully empathize with what you went through. What would you say to them right now? Yeah, I would say, keep trusting. Don't ever stop trusting God, no matter what you go through. Hang on to him. Don't let go. Hang on. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, even before this ever happened to me, it was one of my favorite verses. And I guess because I've probably been through a lot of trials in my life and been up, I had a lot of ups and uh, ups and downs, even from my, from my childhood. First mm. Peter 5, 6, and 7, my favorite scriptures. Uh, the Bible had been for a long time, casting my cares, casting your cares upon him for he cares for you. Mm. That's something that I've learned to do and something that I learned to do even more during that time, during the few years of trial and heartache and, and loss that we had there was to was to cast those cares, to cast those anxieties on him. I know there was a lot of times that because I did that, you know, he carried me through. So that's what I tell, encourage people, don't quit, don't give up, keep casting your cares on God. And in due time, he will exalt you. Mm. Mm. Well, that's a good place to just land this plane for now. Dr. Phil, where can our listeners find out more about you? I've got a website set up, carsonnatural.com. They can go there, find out everything about me, my blogs, my Facebook live videos are on there as well. I've got you know, all kinds of resources on there. One of the things that I love to give away, people we have been talking about stress today and the stresses of life. I have a free resource that they can get there. If they'll go to the education tab on my site, there's free resources there. One of them is stress relief guide as well as a stress assessment. Love people to go, if they're dealing with any kind of stress issues in their life, love for them to go there and check that out. Well, that's terrific. We'll make those resources available on our show notes as well so they can get directly, if they don't remember your site, they can get directly there. Dr. Phil, thanks again for coming on to the Bold Idea Podcast. Yeah, and thank you for being so raw and real with us. Oh, well, it's, it's been an honor, Leary. I mean, I really appreciate y'all having me on the show today. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care then. 
Well, I mean, that's Dr. Phil. You know, Du and I didn't really know him prior to coming on the podcast, but I'm telling you, he's the kind of guy that I think I would love to just sit down and just get more drink of that story. Drink some sweet tea with. Drink, drink some sweet tea, have some breakfast grits. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> it shows how much we know about the South. <laughs> but, you know, he would be he'd be just a lot of fun to just hear more of that. I think there's more of that story there. You know, I kind of felt oh, yeah. like we could pull a lot of threads of that conversation yeah you can tell it's still tender yeah you know i'll say this every time i won't stop because i wholeheartedly appreciate this when people are willing to talk about their struggles in a raw real way where you can hear that 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 tension in their voice you can hear the pain in their voice like you know they're not holding it back they're not trying to sound dignified they're just trying to tell you exactly as it was for them and how it felt and what the experience was like so you can feel it right but not because they want to depress you because they want you to know that after this after your trial after your challenge after your breakdown after your failure There is something bigger, greater, and better with God, through God, and you will come out on top. Your end of your story is not failing. There's hope. There's meaning. There's so much more yet to be had. And all you got to do, like he said, just hang on and don't let go. Yeah. And you know what I like about that? And absolutely everything that you've said about that, you know, he, he saw that there was something valuable he needed to learn from that he wouldn't have done it differently you know or given it up i think mm-hmm. he was saying he had he embraced that yet we can embrace those times in our lives where you know we've had catastrophic failure but still be tender by them you notice mm-hmm. he was still it was still tender for him it wasn't oh, yeah. like you know yeah this happened and i moved on and you know blah Fully blah, blah. Healed. <laughs> yeah no there's still there's still some like no this was real yeah it had an effect on me. And I think it's so easy for us in our society today, I mean, to say, okay, what we want to do is we want to linger in success and we want to jump over failure. Yes. You know, we want to set failure aside so quickly and we want to linger in success. Right. Right. And so forget failure and hang on and nurture and squeeze every little yeah. drop you can out of success and make it last as long as you can. Right. Because somehow that whole human experience of failure and success is somehow not okay. It's not okay to have had a failure. It's only okay to talk about your successes. Right. right? And we kind of... It's bragging right? Yeah, we kind of dug in a little bit to that part of Dr. Phil because we knew that was part of his story. Right. We knew that that was what we thought we would benefit from hearing and we thought maybe you as our listeners would also enjoy hearing is how does a guy who's gone from one thing felt a lot of stress has moved into another thing and decided okay through the course of just following the path Mm -hmm. you know decides he's going to start a business ends up not going the way he wanted it to right and the deep disappointment that comes from that to add to that in the past i think in one of our episodes we said don't waste the pain Right. right. Yes. In this episode, what I, what I love is don't 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 waste the failure. Don't don't miss out on everything that you learned from that, so that you can know how to win. It's kind of like going through boot camp to be a Navy SEAL, and then as soon as you're done with boot camp, saying let's just let's just forget about everything we learned in boot camp, so because we're out of it now, which would kind of miss the whole point. Of that. That's what made you a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And well, you know, it's. 
it's kind of cliche, but you know, you build muscle through failure, right? Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And you build life through failure. Mm-hmm. And yet we want to be so dismissive of failure and not just talk about the fact that, hey, yeah, that that happened and and that was a bad thing. What's really challenging, I think, is it's one thing to talk about failure that's due to some economic thing outside your control. In his case, you know, it was it was a recession, but there are times when we just make bad decisions. Right. And, you know, I don't know if Dr. Phil could have made some decisions that would have kept those businesses alive. I'm sure he's asked himself that question probably more times till the brain hurts. You know, when you're going through that kind of stuff, you can just think about it, overthink it. Yeah. But, you know, there's some times when we have encountered failure because we just didn't make a good choice, Mm. you know, and that was a consequence of not making a good choice. And yet it's so easy to just say, okay, well, let me move quickly on to the future and embrace the success as opposed to saying, what can I learn? Don't waste the failure, just as you're describing. Right. Yeah. It's something I think I was about to go down a different path, but I'm not going to. But yeah, I think it's a good point to just leave it at don't waste the failure because that the lessons you learn from that failure could be the exact thing that's taking you to the success that you don't even know you could have. Yeah. When I look at the Psalms, and I'm sure that Dr. Phil found comfort there as well. He mentioned First Peter, but mm. I'm sure the Psalms are something that, you know, there have been a lot of times in the Psalms where you feel like, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus even said that on the cross, you know. Right. Those are times when, you know, you do feel like God isn't there and mm. you wonder what is going on and why is this happening? And it becomes a question that has a little bit of an edge to it, you know. Yeah. Well, I think we may have drowned this topic before, but yeah. it just feels very visceral. And I love the way he just kind of went through that in experience in his own life and in a very real and authentic way, I think. That's right. Well, I think we could go to 14 different directions because it's a topic that we love. But if this is an episode that you've enjoyed and want the notes on, just go to boldideapodcast.com backslash 36. And we would love for you to just get in the dialogue around this topic with us. So if you would just do us a favor, leave a comment for us on our social media sites that we're a part of, or even just call us on our show line at 612-568-IDEA, 612-568-4332. And Help us out. Leave us a review just by going to boldideapodcast.com forward slash review and just let us know how you were doing. And if you want to sign up, again, just go to boldideapodcast.com and sign up for our notices that will come to you each week that we release them. And with that said, this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates. And we're wishing you all the best. Until next time. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.